It is another Metropolitan matchup. We're doing a squad cast with Rachel and Russ over at Locked On Flyers on today's Locked On Blue Jackets. Your Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster. Uh, joining me in a minute will be my co-host, Hayden Heilson, uh, and also Rachel Donner and Russ Cohen of Locked On Flyers. We're doing a squadcast today uh, all about how the Flyers offseason has been, hopes for the season, and uh, some fun predictions about who's going to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, spoiler alert, it's not the Flyers or the Blue Jackets, uh, so that's all coming up. In a minute, before we do all of that, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day. Every day, Locked on Blue Jackets continues to be free and available on all podcast platforms. We're over on YouTube and uh, XM as well, the uh, the radio app. If you are a radio person, you can find us there as well. I also want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. It's an uh, official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started uh i'm just gonna throw over to uh, myself and hayden and rachel and russ from past as uh, we talk a little bit about the philadelphia flyers we're back it's another squad cast another metropolitan match up and uh we've got the wonderful people from locked on flyers here to uh answer a couple of questions uh we had rachel on very recently for the uh ivan provorov trade We've got we Russ did. Here with us today as well. Uh, so let's let's just get things started straight off. Um, how do you guys, uh, Rachel? How do you feel about the um, off season so far for the Flyers? You know, it's it's really interesting because I think it's been a pretty solid. I wouldn't give them an A plus. I would give them like an A A minus because like a, a couple things went south, right? With like the big supposed deal with the Blues that was gonna include Travis Sanheim that didn't happen but uh real solid in terms of trying to clear the decks in a rebuild uh try and getting some cap space together and then uh, I think a really good draft in of course uh with the first round pick of Matt Vay Mitchkoff uh which I think is a risk that the Flyers of the past would not have taken but this crew did and so I think, you know, it's the beginning of a long rebuild. And so I think there's a lot of excitement right now. But the problem is we have to kind of like live through it, right, <laughs> over the next couple of years. We know all about that. So, Yes, we know all about rebuilds. That is uh, for darn sure. One thing we also know a lot about is John Tortorella. And right now he's your guys' coach. He, he's coming on to year two, I believe. How, yep. how the Torts era Russ, how's the Torts era looked so far for the organization? Has it been a good thing? Has it been a frustrating thing? Is it even a long-term thing, or is this just a kind of just a, a guy standing behind the bench for now? You know, it, it may not turn into a long-term thing. I think when they first signed them, that was their intention, but then they found out quickly they weren't a contender. And then, you know, about three quarters into the season, John was like, Yeah, this is gonna be a lot harder than I thought, as far as the way the players were and the way everything was laid out. So he had to sort of change his mindset. And I think he did. And I think, you know, he's, he's going to bounce back to some degree, but now he's going to be 
you know, asked to develop some more kids more than he's normally done in the past. And we'll see how many of them he actually puts on the lineup because, you know, Johnny likes to play the veterans anyhow, regardless of what management thinks. So, you know, this could turn into a year where nobody's expecting the Flyers to do well. But if players don't advance and some of the young players don't do well, then I think he could be on the hot seat. So I think this is up to John how he kind of wants to handle this now because it's maybe not what he signed up for, but it's the team he has now. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, the second biggest trade in recent memory for the Flyers and the Blue Jackets was that Jake Voracek, Cam Atkinson trade. Uh, Voracek was great for us last season, is obviously with Arizona now, and is probably not going to play another NHL game. Cam Atkinson missed, I believe, all like the entire last season with a with a neck injury. Yeah. Um, how important to this season is having a fully healthy Cam Atkinson if he is indeed going to be fully healthy this season? You know, I think it's important in the sense of having an additional veteran around to help mentor the younger guys. I think that that's something that he can provide and is very good at. He's a leader. Um, and I think, you know, his skill set is a good kind of skill set to emulate for other guys as well. So I think there's that. There's also the, of course, just as a human, you want to see him succeed and come back and play just because he's an exciting, fun player to watch, as you all know. Uh, and so you just want to see him out there on the ice. I, I think, you know, with Voracek essentially having to retire and Cam Atkinson, we still don't know for sure, you know, signs and, and what we're being told are that he's going to be good to go for training camp. But, you know, it's been a, a year and a half since he's had contact hockey. And so it's going to be an adjustment. And, you know, he had a neck surgery and chose the the other option from what Jack Eichel did, Right. And so this is an option that is harder to recover from um, and, and the risks are higher. So we're not counting on anything, but we certainly are hoping and wishing for the best here. I think it looks if you can just, uh, yeah, again, not tech hockey, but um, all this, all the skills seem to be there for him uh, another guy that i think everybody in the league is kind of jealous of is a guy like owen Tippett, who you guys acquired from the florida panthers now young dude just just finished up his fourth season in the nhl he just played his his most games he's played in the season at 77 and he had 27 goals last year is that kind of feel like his ce his ceiling kind of floating right around 30 goals or does he have room to to even burst through that no, I think 30 is his ceiling because he um, there were some games he played in an inordinate amount of ice time, like 24 minutes, 25 minutes. Like there were some games that's just crazy. Uh, we know and love. <laughs> yeah. Now he could now he could improve on that if he actually uh, if his shot gets a little more accurate. It's it's still not where you want it to be. But I think I think it's right around 30 is what they're going to probably hope for year to year. And I think it's going to vary. I think it's going to vary based on his line mates. I think it's going to vary based on the team. And it'll also vary based on him kind of improving um, still the rest of his game. There's still things like, you know, he's a decent playmaker. He's not great, but he's okay at that. Um, his defense has gotten a little better, so that's good. You know, his skating's good. He's good in the corners. But again, he has to hit the net more. That's the biggest thing. This guy could have had 35 goals last year easy had he had a little better shooting percentage. And so we'll see. We'll see if that improves. 
I don't know that it's possible for us to do an episode without talking about goalie things. Um, both of our teams kind of have question marks in goal, I would say. Uh, who do you like to back up Carter Hart? Because I feel like it's very much kind of a boom or bust season for him. If he doesn't have a bad season, it could be, you know, he could be on his way out. You picked up Cal Peterson from the LA Kings. You've got Sam Erson and Felix Sandstrom in the organization. Who do you like to kind of stand behind uh, Carter Hart this season? Well, I think the first thing you have to do is rewind a little bit and ask the question if Carter Hart is going to be playing for the Flyers this season because we do not know the outcome of the Hockey Canada report oh, yet. Yes. And if sure. there will be a suspension involved, at least as of recording uh, right. this episode. And so that's a factor we've had to take under consideration. Now, obviously, if he doesn't, if he's you know not part of this and and there's no suspension involved or, or any of that, he's going to be part of this team, right? And he's going to be the 1A goaltender. But um, that does remain a question. And then if you look at the other potential goaltenders, you know, Cal Peterson, while, you know, we took him on as part of that Provorov deal, you know, in terms of the salary dump from the Kings, um, there's no guarantee that he would be the backup. I think the Flyers feel perfectly comfortable with sending him to Lehigh Valley. Uh, don't think anybody would take him in waivers, that's for sure. So I think that it's going to be likely Sam Erson, but possibly Felix Sandstrom as the other guy. But it could be the three of them competing for it. There's also the wild card remote possibility that Ivan Fedotov could end up coming over because the Flyers have challenged the KHL contract um, that he has because it should have uh, been pushed to this season based on how things have gone in the past. But you know, all indications are that he's just going to play in the KHL. And this is kind of a last ditch effort. I think just from a process perspective, that's why they're doing it just to make sure that everybody knows that this was inappropriate. And so they're dotting I's and crossing T's for any future NHL KHL conflicts. That is my guess is what's going on here with that. But it is a, a you know, one of those small wild cards that could upset the apple cart. But yeah, there are, I think, four possible goaltenders here for two spots. And honestly, it's anybody's guess at this point. As we uh, come to the end of the Flyers portion of this crossover episode, I'd like to ask you guys both one last question. Um, we'll start with you, Russ. What is, the, what is the key to success for you personally, for the Flyers this season? Like, What do the Flyers need to do to have a successful season? What even is a successful season? Because we know the Metropolitan Division is just – brutal but yeah what is what do the flyers need to do to remain competitive yeah i think they just need to be close in games uh they shouldn't even be as successful as far as winning as many as last year you really want to be in the top five of this draft i think that's a key i think another key is you know the young players stepping forward you really need to play as many of them as you can and give them as many games as you can without jumbling them around and kind of you know, pretending like, well, you know, we can't we can't play him more than three or four games. He's not scoring, and, you know, we're a supposed playoff team. Well, you know, that's not the case. So uh, we shouldn't see that, any of that this year. But I'll tell you, the, um, the interesting thing is, and I saw this yesterday, and I forget which outlet, uh, the Flyers actually are, are have a better cup chance than the Columbus Blue Jackets. I don't know why. And they have they have listed that so far. I think it's so going to change. But sorry to the flyers, but that's so funny. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But 
here we are. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. We actually did a listener poll of our listeners of what the biggest priority was for them for the Flyers for this upcoming season. And it was like not even a question by a big margin. It was prospect development and making sure that the young kids are, are coming along in the right way. And, you know, they're given the, the best opportunities to succeed. And I think with Tortorella, that might be a challenge, right, is to get them those chances. But I, I think that everybody knows really what the what the biggest things the Flyers need to focus on this year are. Yeah, for sure. Let's take a very quick break and then we'll flip the script here um, because I'm sure you guys have plenty of questions for the Blue Jackets who have had kind of a quiet month so far, but had a pretty busy off season just before that. So we'll, uh, we'll do that in just a second. We are going to get uh, into some Blue Jackets and Flyers talk in just a second. But first, I want to tell all of you about FanDuel. Because football season's about to kick off, FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you're going to get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you're going to get bonus bets for every time they win a game. You can use those on spreads, player props, over-unders, more. Baseball is still happening. Uh, hockey season's going to be starting soon. Do you want to make... Bet on who's going to win the Stanley Cup. You can do that at fanduel.com slash locked on. Start earning bonus bets today with America's number one sports book. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. So it's so great to have a Metro Division crossover episode with the guys from Locked On Columbus Blue Jackets. And I think kind of the biggest question that Flyers fans might have is now that you've had time to think about it and see where he might fit into the team, how are you feeling about the Ivan Provorov trade and where will he slot in? Yeah, I feel a lot better about the trade. I still don't love the trade necessarily. Um, but having kind of had some time to look at how the Blue Jackets' defense is shaping up this season, and obviously we talked um, a couple of days after the trade, and you kind of gave us a rundown of what kind of player he is, what kind of role he could play. Um, I do feel better about it. Um, I didn't like the trade. I didn't like giving up the first. Um, I don't necessarily think the Blue Jackets needed to pick up another defenseman when they already have so many, but it is what it is. Um, he's probably going to slot into that second line, uh, that second pairing, just behind Zach Wierenski, providing Zach Wierenski can stay healthy this season. I'm going to knock on wood. Um, but as of right now, it's looking like the Blue Jackets' top four is going to be some kind of combination of Wierenski, Provorov, uh, Damon Severson, who they picked up from the New, New Jersey Devils, and then a fourth guy that is going to win his spot in camp. I personally would like that to be David Yerichek, but people are saying it's probably going to be an Adam Boquist or maybe Jake Bean. So that's kind of the, the top four for the Blue Jackets, which is immediately better than how they finished last season, uh, which I believe had Erica Branson and Andrew Peake as our top defense pairing. So it uh, he solidifies the defense in a way that uh, makes me feel a little more reassured. I think it's probably the best way to put it. Yeah, I, I'm just going to finish that all thought too and just say that I think Juracek... Uh, will really push those other two. Like I, I'm not counting them out. No, I I'm think sure you know based on the year he had last year in the AHL. So I think uh, while I like those other two, they don't have what Juracek has. So it depends. Just depends if he's ready. Uh, Zach Wierenski is 100 percent this year, Hayden. Like that. What does that do to the team as far as just overall? Uh, they were missing him badly last year. You got to think he helps the team a lot, and he's got to at least add up for some wins in the and. For wins in the wins column. 
Yeah, he changes everything when he is in the lineup for the Blue Jackets. I've, uh, we already said in his season review, I think Jay was a little shocked when I first said it, but he is the best defenseman in Columbus Blue Jackets history. Like he has already surpassed uh, two in, in the points race for that. So, and we have him for, you know, he's only, what is he, only 25? So like we, we got him. He's, he's ours. And um, yeah, he, he changes everything when he's in the lineup. Unfortunately, he has had some injury issues over the last few years. And the second that he gets injured, the team instantly, like their play dips to a level that is just, it's not fun. So yeah, he changes everything when he's in the lineup. He's hes gotten a lot better since um, Seth Jones left. I thought when Seth Jones departed from Columbus that the better defensemen left and that we were left behind with kind of the the partner in, in a sense. But no, I really think that Zach Wierenski has stepped up and has been even a better player than what we had in Zach Wierenski. I think he has taken on a leadership role that's huge. Now, the, the biggest thing is he just needs to be on the ice. Because he's not helping us sitting up in a in a suite, you know. So, as long as he's on the ice, the team is going to be competitive. Uh, uh, they also have to figure out the rest of the lineup. Obviously, he's he's not the only thing, but um, yeah, he also just he he. I'd like him to play less minutes because I feel like the last couple of years the Blue Jackets relied on him so heavily. So getting Provorov, giving Severson, and um, Blankenberg being a, a huge factor and. Uh, David Yurchek coming up through the ranks. Those guys are going to be huge helping keep Zacharensky off the ice and healthy. Um, but yeah, he makes all the difference in the world when he's in the lineup. There's no question. I mean, just to, to, to follow up on that, I hate to tell you, but Mike Babcock kills number one defenseman in minutes. Can't so wait. he's going <laughs> to, you know, he, he's going to play just as much or if not more than he's ever played in his career, my guess. Can't wait. <laughs> So I think, you know, obviously new coach, right? And, you know, some new signings. Uh, how are you feeling about this offseason overall? Like aside from the draft, we'll get to that. But like aside from the draft, how do you think Columbus ha has done and have you taken a step forward? It's been such a weird offseason, I think, because you, you look at like what they've added and what they've lost, you know? If you look at outside of the draft, the only players that they've added really are Severson and Provorov, who are both fine second pairing defensemen, but are not really going to move the needle for this team in the way that I think the that Yamaka Kleinen thinks they will necessarily. But then you look, and you know, we'll talk about the draft in a minute, I'm sure. But you look at who they picked up in the draft. You look at who they're getting back from injury. You know, Patrick Line was. Missed half the season. Um, Zakarinsky missed, played 13 games. Jake Bean played 14 games. Like, everyone was injured. Johnny Gaudreau was the only healthy player on this team. And he even he missed a couple of games, you know? So it's... It's been a weird offseason because I don't think they've done much. All they've kind of done is wait and get their guys healthy. And they made a couple of trades, which I feel... You know, we, we talked about the Provorov trade. I think that could have been better. I feel fine about the the Severson trade. Um, the contract is a little long and a little pricey for my liking, but I that's what you pay for free agents. That's, that's what you pay for in free agency, and that's essentially what this was. So the draft is definitely, like, the gem of the offseason for me, but I don't think it was... It wasn't a great offseason outside of the draft. It wasn't a terrible offseason. It was very kind of, eh, eh, I feel fine about it. I mean, the thing about the... Um... The draft, Hayden, is that 
I was a little surprised Adam Fantilli signed, not because he told me he was going to go back to Michigan and everything. I understand things change. Uh, just I felt like the uh, Jackets put a full court press on him because they're sort of a little desperate to um, to show the fans what they have. And I'm not saying Fantilli's not up to the task. I, I think he is, but I think he'd be better if he waited a year. And I just uh, I was a little surprised that management didn't feel that way. Uh, and then again, I, you know, on our show, we talked about Andrew Strathman a lot. It's a guy that I targeted early in the year. And and so I like him too. And, you know, just want to get your feeling about what you feel about Fantilli, what you think about Strathman, if he's like a value pick and anybody else that they drafted, we could chat him for a minute. Yeah. Just speaking real quickly to Fantilli, I think Blue Jackets fans have had our eyes on him in a Blue Jackets uniform since like December. And, you know, we were in the race to get Connor Bedard. We kind of knew that wasn't going to happen. I think deep down in our souls, we knew Gary Bettman was not going to let the Blue Jackets have the number one overall pick. It, we didn't even have the second overall pick. We thought we were getting Leo Carlson. Ducks made the decision that they made. Here's Adam Fantilli, the guy that we wanted kind of from the get-go. And I just feel like Adam's just wired differently. I feel like he wants to play in the NHL. Um, he was great in college last year. I, I'm an Ohio State fan, so I definitely don't want to see him in a Michigan uniform next year. But it wouldn't have been bad for him. You're absolutely right. One more year playing with a guy like Gavin Brindley, who we also drafted in the second round, would have been great. Yep. Um, and it would have been it, it would have been great for his development. But I think getting him in there right away, getting him NHL experience is going to be huge for his career uh i just hope it works out better than it's worked out for some other guys so far like cole sillinger is another guy that the blue jackets organization threw in the fire right away and he kind of burned out fairly quickly now he's kind of having a resurgence but i don't think adam fantilly's a player that's going to burn out that quickly i think he's gonna his game's going to translate immediately so um yeah i was a little surprised to see him you know as you know, forward with it as the organization was, but I also love that at the same time. So I'm, I'm really happy that we're getting him and a guy like Strothman who we got, uh, I believe he played in Youngstown last year, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. He's awesome. I, I, I think he's going, he's not going to, he'll be back in Youngstown. I believe um, he's awesome. Yeah. I, I'm really excited about a guy like him as well. Yeah. The one thing I'll, I'll add on top of this at the combine, uh, it turns out that Brindley's taken like, you know, like, sports management classes and and i asked joking jokingly if he was going to be fantilli's agent one day and he said maybe you know because they're buddies and sure enough you know at the signing brand brindley's right there at fantilli's signing so it's like i you know i'm gonna just say it right here i think that's gonna happen someday Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we actually had um, yesterday's episode was uh, our interview with Gavin Brindley, and he talked at length about how much he likes Adam Fantilli and how good friends they are. And uh, obviously, in terms of Strathburn, they drafted two teammates from the Youngstown Phantoms as well. Yeah. I do feel like the Blue Jackets are going into this as like, we're going to build a team through the buddy system, uh, which is a lot of fun. Everyone's got to have a friend. So there you go. Yeah, I think, you know, the last couple of years in the draft for Columbus have been real good. And, and it's laying the groundwork. And I just think like in this division, timing is everything. Like, how do you feel about Columbus's timing as far as what they're trying to put together here in the division? I think it, it, it could be better, but it also could be a lot worse. I think when you see kind of how other teams are doing, like Washington is only going to get older and slower as they've, they've flat out said, oh, we're not going to rebuild 
while Ovechkin is here or while Ovechkin is chasing the record. So like they're just going to keep doing what they're doing and they're going to get older um, and they're not going to tear it down. Pittsburgh is also going to keep getting older, I think, probably for at least a couple of seasons. Um, so really, those two teams are kind of on the downward slope. The Islanders might be good this season. I'm not counting on it, but, you know, it could happen. Um, and then you look at... Carolina, they're always good. The Flyers, obviously, are kind of start. The Flyers are kind of where the Blue Jackets were two or three seasons ago, you know. So they they're probably a little ways away. Um, the team to really kind of benchmark against, I feel like, is New Jersey, who seem to have gone from being bad, terrible, to suddenly, oh, these guys could win the Metro, and like that's not a hot take, you know. That's a very good team. So. That they're on the upward trajectory. I feel like the Blue Jackets are on an upward trajectory. Um, the Flyers are kind of staying where they are, I think. Um, no one really knows what the Rangers are going to do. I feel like the Rangers don't really know what they're going to do. So, like, I feel pretty good about the timing because it feels like a lot of other Metro teams are kind of either on that downward slope or are about to start that downward slope. So, I feel like the Blue Jackets, if they can, you know... I think the plan was this season to take a big jump in terms of rebuild. Obviously, they went out and they picked up Provorov. They picked up Damon Severson. Um, obviously, Adam Fantilli is going to take things. Um, that's going to give them a jump. You know, I think they're less patient this year, which just to kind of go back to Adam Fantilli signing his his entry level, I do think it is a little bit of impatience of they want the team to succeed um, and they want to, you know, I, I don't think it's Yama Kekalainen making moves to save his job, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's being aggressive because management's getting impatient. Um, but yeah, I feel like the timing is pretty good. It could be a little better. Um, I personally think that they may have rushed the rebuild a little bit, but if the Blue Jackets want to be competitive this season, like I'm excited about that, and I think it's probably a pretty good season to start being competitive in. You know, I'm not expecting them to win the cup this season, but I I would like them to make the playoffs this season, you know, and it feels like that's that's the step forward. And then the next year you win a round and then the year after that, maybe you win a couple and, you know, uh, an upward trajectory like that, I think is is good. And as the other teams get older, hopefully the Blue Jackets will just keep going, will keep going up. So my last question for for you, Hayden, is um, you do have Mike Babcock, who's really not a developmental coach. But he's going to have to help bring guys along. Now, Ken Johnson at least is one year into his career, and I think he could help him a lot, especially um, since his puck possession is so good in the corners. He probably could get him aligned more to get more points, and I think you'll see that. But you still have to bring Fantilli along, even though uh, there's a lot of things that he does. Like an NHLer, there's a lot of things that he still has to learn. Uh, he might get frustrated with the goaltending because uh, you know Elvis has not necessarily uh, been great. So what do you think about Babcock? Uh, this is an, a weird spot for him. It's a very weird spot for him, but it's also a team that has had – really they didn't have a coach the last couple of years. I don't think Brad Larson necessarily did a bad job for his first couple of years as coaching, but there was definitely some signs of, oh, this team has no structure. They have no just like – they just have no fire underneath them, as it felt like at times. I feel like Mike Babcock is that guy immediately that's going to resonate um, just his hockey knowledge is just having that in the locker room is going to be massive. Um, I hope he's a different coach than what happened in Toronto. I think we're actually getting him at a really good time because he faced so much scrutiny from what happened in Toronto. It's very similar to when the Blue Jackets got uh, towards. He had come off facing so much scrutiny 
And I, I feel like we got a new and improved Torts in that way. So I'm really optimistic about the Mike Babcock that comes in. And I, I yeah, the stories about how he, you know, treated Marner back then is just it, it's sad. And and I, I don't like to think about it. I don't like to think about that kind of stuff happening to Adam Fantilli. But oh man, I just I hope that if anything, he gets the team to play with just a little bit of structure because they certainly could use it. And then just pointing to the goalie. I think Elvis has had a couple of down years. I, I definitely think he has, but you know, he's ours. And you know, just like he's actually in a very similar situation as a guy like Carter Hart. I feel like, like we, we saw a lot from him early on and then it's kind of fallen off. You're kind of just wishing that maybe some structure in front of him, some better defensemen will help put him in the right direction. And I just think um, of all the off season acquisitions, Fantilli, uh, in the draft and we're in the, we call them pro we call him Proverson in the trade. We we've grouped Damon Severson and Yvonne Provrov into one guy, but of all the acquisitions the blue jackets made, I think the, the biggest one that you're going to notice off the bat is Mike Babcock. I think he is going to get the team playing in the right way. And if they can just stay competitive to December and stay healthy to that point, then I think they can make a playoff run. But all those things need to, all those things need to go right in those first couple months. It's going to be a very crucial start to the NHL season, and I'm very excited to be. I'm very excited for the matchup on uh, opening night, October 12th. I mean, Torts behind the bench for the Flyers, playing in you know playing in Nationwide, and Mike Babcock making his debut for the Blue Jackets. That is going to be an awesome night, and we'll probably have a a lot of these questions answered by then, or at least by the end of the game one. But um, it's going to be a fun season for sure. And I think Mike Babcock is a huge reason why I'm excited as a Blue Jackets fan. Yeah, it's going to be a, a real cool opening to the season, I think, with our two teams facing each other. Uh, we will get into more just league-wide predictions and divisional questions answered coming up next. Let's do a couple of uh, just kind of fun predictions. Um, we've kind of been asking these to all of the, the Metro hosts that we've done these crossovers with. Um, who's your pick for MVP for the Flyers? Uh, start with Rachel and then we'll go to Russ. Ooh, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's a tough question. I think, you know, if you're looking at it from just a pure points perspective and what's going on, I would say... Travis Konechny, but he might get dealt at the deadline. And so will that even matter at that point? I don't know. Um, I'm hoping, I'm sure hoping it's Sean Couturier and he's healthy and he comes back with a bang. I'll tell you that. Um, that would, I think, be the most ideal outcome is to have him be the the MVP of, of the team. I'm going to go Noah Cates. I think it's Noah Cates. I think he made a nice jump last year. If he's comfortable... Uh, you might get more points out of him. But overall, I think that's what he's going to do. And I think Rachel's right. Like, Konechny could be gone. So he'll be there all year in a prominent spot. Yeah. Hey, what about you? Who's your Who's your pick for Blue Jackets MVP this season? Yeah, it's 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 kind of weird getting excited about this season. And and it's, it's actually really nice to get excited about this season and not even think about Johnny Gaudreau. You know, <laughs> like he had a 90-point season last year. I, I hope he only goes up from there. I hope we see more of what we saw with him and Matthew Kachuk. I hope Adam Fantilli, I hope, he, I hope that connection is just reignited um, again 
but basically in the form of Adam Fantilli, who has said that he models his game after Matthew Kachuk, which, you know, could have been a, you know, some, a nice layup because he obviously got drafted by the Blue Jackets and, you know, we got Johnny Gaudreau now, but if he a- anyway emulates Matthew Kachuk, then I believe Johnny Gaudreau is going to have a much better season. And again, he had a great season last year, but he's, listen, he's the star of the team. He's the heartbeat of the team, I believe. He changed the the Blue, he completely reset the Blue Jackets rebuild. Um, so it's all, I'm putting it on him to be the team MVP because you saw what he can do when he, get, when he got the Flames to the playoffs. I mean, the guy's a game breaker, and uh, I want to see that happen in Columbus. Yeah. Goudreau would also be my pick for MVP, but I think to keep it interesting, I will make a different choice. Um, I'm going to go Patrick Laine. Um, If Patrick Laine is healthy and has real line mates this season and gets to keep those line mates for more than 45 minutes, uh, he could score 40 or 50 goals in this league, you know? Um, and he was looking real good last season. He struggled with injuries, uh, struggled with inconsistent line mates and inconsistent ice time, but he had 52 points in 55 games, I believe. Um, and yeah, I think I, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go out on a limb and make a hot take maybe, but I think Patrick Lyon is getting at least 30 goals this season. And I think he's definitely capable of getting 40 or 50. Um, so that's my, my pick for, for MVP for the Blue Jackets. Um, and then we'll finish off with with one. Um, normally, we we start off by saying that you can't pick your own team for this, but I feel like with, with this matchup, it's maybe not as much of an issue. Who's the <laughs> in the Stanley Cup? <laughs> if you if you couldn't pick the Flyers, who, who do you think is going to win the Stanley Cup? Yeah, I don't think... When was the last time I actually picked the Flyers to <laughs> make it to the Stanley Cup? I honestly could not even tell you um who that might have been um geez I, I like i feel like this is more of an open season than it's been mm-hmm. for a while i feel like you know looking at vegas that's a sort of a um i feel like in division i i feel like the the, the canes are on this precipice of maybe falling apart in a lot of ways, but I feel like they're still there. Like everything is there, but like if one little thing goes wrong, it could all fall apart. That's how I feel about the Canes right now. And, and the pens, like they're, they're doing the best they can and they're going to be at their ceiling of potential, which is good. Like, I don't think they're bad. I just think there is a ceiling of what they're, they'll be able to do this season. I don't know if it'll be enough, but geez, I don't know. Probably a a team out West. I'm going to go Colorado Avalanche. I I feel like uh, they, you know, with Landis Cog and everything, that was kind of a shock to the system. You always get that, all those injuries coming out, you know, cup win, and that always affects the year. And so I just feel like now uh, they have a good chance to sort of, you know, not even reboot. I mean, a lot of the same guys are there. You have Ranton in, you have McKinnon. Um, I think they're fine in, in goal with Georgiev. So I, I actually think this will be a really good year for them. And I feel like, yeah, they, they could, if you want to say surprise people, maybe it'll surprise a few, uh, but I don't think it would surprise a lot. Yeah, I feel like the 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 Avalanche are one of those teams where you think, oh, they've they've lost a couple of key pieces, and then they've got five more key pieces standing directly behind that. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're never. You know, you didn't even mention Kyle McCarr, Bo Byram. No, like, I mean, there's all that. Yeah, all the time, and it's so frustrating. Yeah. Um, 
Hayden, how about you? Who's who's your pick to, to win the cup? You're not allowed to pick the Blue Jackets, obviously. <laughs> yeah, um, this is. To, I also had the Colorado Avalanche. I think with the Landis Cog injury, I think maybe a little bit of a Stanley Cup hangover last year for them. But their core is still intact. Their core is still young. Um, and we know that in the NHL, we like the teams like to go back to the Stanley Cup, and they like to win multiple of them. And thank God this is a team in the West, not a team in the East like we're used to dealing with. But I think I think for all the reasons Russ just said, another team I really like is the Kraken. I mean, hell, they made some huge jumps last year. And getting to the playoffs was awesome. Um, I, I don't want them to win the Stanley Cup because I don't want another expansion franchise to win a Stanley Cup over the Blue Jackets. But that would mean more in my heart for them to win a cup than Vegas, just because of their hockey history. So yeah, I'm gonna, you know, just for the sake of changing it up, I'll go with the, I'll go with the Kraken here. Yeah, I'm also gonna go with a team from the West. Um, with <laughs> as much as it pains me to admit it, um, Locked On Blue Jackets listeners will know my long feud with the Dallas Stars, uh, which has no basis in absolutely anything. But they're building a real good team out there in Dallas, um, and they got better. I think. I think adding Duchesne mm-hmm. is is a big a big boost for yeah. them. Um, Joe Pavelski refuses to age. Jason Robertson is a superstar. Like mm-hmm. they've, they've got all of the pieces. They've got maybe the best young goalie in the NHL right now in Jake Ottinger. Like there's, there's a lot going on to like in Dallas as much as it pains me to, uh, pains me to admit it. Um, and I think that's kind of all we've got uh, right for right now. Um, like you said, the Flyers and the Blue Jackets are going to be facing off for the Blue Jackets home opener on October 12th, which is going to be real exciting. Uh, if people want to learn more about the Flyers, they want to catch up with some Cam Atkinson talk, maybe, uh, where can people find you guys and your show, Rachel? We are all over social media at Locked On Flyers, wherever you want to find us. The app formerly known as Twitter. We're on Threads. We're on Blue Sky even. So uh, check us out wherever you are. Uh, that's all we've got for today. Uh, no episode tomorrow, but later tonight we will be doing uh, happy hour. So come and hang out with us at 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we'll have a beer. We'll have some talk. Uh, I don't have a fun Pierre-Luc Dubois story this time, but I'm sure Hayden can think of something fun. If you've got questions for that, uh, you can comment below. You can add us on Twitter. You can DM us on Twitter. You can email us at lockedonbluejackets at gmail.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find Hayden at Hayden H971. The show is at LO underscore Blue Jackets. And uh, thank you once again for listening, for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all podcast platforms, on YouTube and SiriusXM. And until uh, later tonight or until Monday, make sure you stay locked on.